Two out of three falls. Yo, monkey, it's me, D-D-P, the king of Bonham Bay, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you, monkey, well, you, you're listening to the Cruise Control Podcast. And that's not a bad thing. A good thing. Bang! Hey, welcome to a new edition of Two Out of Three Falls here on the Cruise Control Podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud.com. You can download, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast today on both iTunes and SoundCloud.com. I am your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J, C-R-U-Z, and today... Tuesday, January 31st, I'm joined by Mr. Vaughn Johnson, writer for Philly.com, to review the Royal Rumble and Monday Night Raw. Vaughn, what's up, my man? How you doing? I'm good, Randy. How about you, man? Doing good, man. Uh, we're two days removed from the Royal Rumble. Raw was last night, so obviously, you know, me and you are not going to touch on SmackDown, but, um, you know, me and you are big-time wrestling fans. We saw the Rumble all eight hours or whatever it was. Um, I want I, <laughs> I want to get your takeaway from, let's start with the Royal Rumble match itself. Big names uh, that we knew that were going to come in. Brock, Goldberg, Taker, Jericho, Strowman, Dean Ambrose. Um, before we get to Reigns being at number 30, before he came out, I want to get your thoughts on your perspective on the Royal Rumble match itself. Uh, I thought it was better than the recent years uh, because they told some stories in the Rumble, which I think is important to make a good Rumble because you just have 30 guys running there and get eliminated and it feels like nothing happened. Uh, I like when they kind of branch off with different stories that lead to uh, future matches, specifically WrestleMania. So they told some stuff with the uh, the Wire family. Did the, no, you said before Roman Reigns, but they eventually did like the Roman Reigns taker stuff. Uh, the Lesnar-Goldberg stuff was, you know, it was quick, but it made sense, given that they're going to face each other at WrestleMania. So, it did some things, and I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it had, had a lag period for a little bit, where something like nothing happened. It was just like guys coming in, and nobody was getting eliminated. There were really no big spots. Uh, so, it wasn't great. Uh, it won't rank up up there with like the 92 or Rumble by any stretch, but it was definitely better than like 2015 or 20, 2014 or something like that. Those rumbles I thought, I thought were all time bad, especially 2015. And, 20, and I think it was better than 2016. Uh, as far as, um, you know, like I said, it was, it was decent. I didn't hate it. I know some people probably were down on it, but I, I wasn't one of those people. Yeah, I guess, you know, being a longtime wrestling fan, you've kind of seen more than one Royal Rumble match, and, and everybody just waiting for the, the the big pop of a former wrestler, a legend, Hall of Famer come out. You know, not saying they're gonna win the match, but you know, I, I think I think it was good and bad where it was good because it was good for them not to rely on that because they do have a deep roster uh compared to last year and, and, and years prior. Um a lot of guys are healthy. Some guys they use from NXT some of the NXT call-ups from last year were in the Royal Rumble uh, match itself. And and I, and me as a fan, I felt like they did not have to depend on 
DDP coming back or Jake Roberts or Honky Tonk Man or, or whoever it is they want to bring out for that that, <laughs> that nostalgia pop, even though those guys are not going to win the Rumble, would it have been nice? Sure. You know, it's, it's the Alamo Dome. It's over 50, 55,000 people. The biggest Rumble yet. You got Brock Goldberg Taker as the main three guys in there. Why not sprinkle a couple other, um, you know, Hall of Famers in there? But I think, um, to my point, that's bad because a lot of fans were just, you know, very highly, you know, expecting that to happen. But, again, it's good because it shows how deep their roster is, that they don't have to rely on the old guys to come in. Yeah, you, you do get Todd Dillinger um, at number 10, which is very smart. Um Gallagher is in there. Some other guys are in there, but they did not have that pop as what we call it for the old time nostalgia um, sense. But I thought the overall match was it was okay. Uh, like you say, it, it it does not compare to to nineteen nineteen ninety two with Ric Flair. Um, maybe last year was better with the fact that it, it, the whole match was for the main championship. Better than twenty fifteen because we all know how that ended up. Um, in, in, in Philly, and then now we get to Reigns, number thirty. We're probably like you and me. We're expecting Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Kurt Angle, somebody like that. And bam, Roman freaking Reigns comes out, <laughs> number thirty. Everybody in the Alamo Dome is going crazy. Are you at home when when Reigns comes out at thirty? What are you saying to yourself? Uh, I was actually surprised, which I guess was the intent, right? We were supposed to be, we, we were expecting a surprise from like a Samoa Joe or Finn Balor or something like that. But I was genuinely surprised when they, when Roman Reigns tried it out. Here's the problem WWE runs into. Like they did a good thing, but like we, we always expected the legends to return and and some for some old timers to come back and some surprises. They pretty right. much announced a lot of those guys already. They announced Undertaker, Brock, and Goldberg. But at the same time. They didn't announce all 30 people that were going to be in the match. And when you don't do that and you leave seven or eight spots, you know, as mysteries, you can, and we've, they've already conditioned the fans over the years that there's going to be some surprises. When you leave seven or eight spots or so, I think it was eight that they didn't announce. When you leave those as, as question marks, you, you're kind of telling the fans, Hey, these are going to be special ones. And they, you know, so you, when you bring out, Ty Dillinger or Jack Gallagher, which people were happy to see, but it's not like those legendary figures that we expect, like you said, DDP or Honky Talk Man, who I, I would imagine would have had a tough time running down that long ramp to yeah, the Alamo right. Dome. <laughs> uh, because that, that thing was like, like a marathon. It seemed like a good mile running down there uh, to the point that the big guys had carts. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. They didn't even run all the way down. People like Strowman and Big Show, they were in carts like WrestleMania three. Uh, and they didn't even shoot it on TV, but the people, you know, had their cameras on the arena, obviously, and put it on Twitter. But when it came to Reigns, it just, it, it was, it was weird because it's like, how did he even get in the match? That that wasn't even explained. Because how, how did he even get in the match with, you know, when he was in a title match before that? So the logic there was kind of flawed. I understand why they sort of did it, so they set up a potentially a match with The Undertaker, but... It just seemed weird that he would come out number 30, given that he had a title match early in the show that he lost. What about, you know, AJ Styles? He lost a title match earlier and didn't have a spot in the Rumble. So yeah. it, it, the logic there was flawed. Obviously, the people, fans were upset about it. And I, I got to understand because it feels like 
we've been here before. You know, we've seen this already. 2014, we saw him dominating the Rumble. 2015, he won the Rumble. People weren't happy about that. And 2016, essentially, the Rumble was all about him until the very end. So it was just like, again, like we're going through this again. Like I think people were kind of like relieved that he wasn't going to be in the Rumble, you know, because he's in title match. And it's like, oh, not again. And, and, and WWE got people that people thought that he was going to win. Once he came out, I was like, oh, he's going to win. And of course, Randy Orton won. But I, I think people just kind of, they just, they just want to enjoy the Rumble without Roman Reigns being it. That's, that's how I think the fans feel. Me, I don't personally care, but I think the fans feel that way because it's just, the last three or four years have just been such clusters with these Royal Rumbles. It's become like an annual hate fest for fans. Like they hate watching the Rumble nowadays. And it's, it's usually one of the uh, the fans, I've heard from multiple fans this week, that it's, the, it's their favorite event on the calendar. But yet they, it's the one that the last couple of years I've seen the most backlash for, which is weird. Yeah, uh, you know, the last four years in the Royal Rumble has really been about Reigns. Well, not not the first one, not in 2014, but 2014, 15, 16, and, and this past Sunday really has been around, has been evolved around Reigns where 15, he won. 16, he defended his championship in the in the actual match. 17, he goes on to, to, to lose a match earlier in the night. He comes back out in the Rumble. 2014, he broke Kane's record for the most eliminations and then losing... Um, near the end, so, uh, with, uh, Batista, so, really, the last four Royal Rumbles have really been evolving, evolving around Reigns, and I'm not sure right. if, if, if the crowd was really happy Randy Orton won, or just the fact that they're like anybody except Roman Reigns. <laughs> right, it could have been James Ellsworth, and it would, it would, they would have been oh, happy, like, it, it didn't matter, but, uh, I think some people were genuinely happy that it was Randy Orton, but, the thing with Randy Orton, and the thing I said, I think I wrote about this on my blog, was that, to me, I like when the Royal Rumble makes a new guy, that elevates a, a newer guy, a guy that hasn't been in the main event scene right. to that spot. Uh, sort of like what Money in the Bank does, or has, has been used for in the past. And the only time I, I see that when you don't do that is if you have a really hot baby face, like Steve Austin in 98, where he had won the year before, so you weren't going to elevate him necessarily. But... Steve Austin was the most over guy in WWE by, by, by a long shot. So, of course, you have him win the Rumble. Uh, Randy Orton, talented. They have no issues with Randy Orton, but he's not the hottest baby face on SmackDown by any stretch. Technically, he's a heel because he's with the Wire family. So, it was kind of an odd decision there. And I think, I think each of the last, outside of Roman Reigns in 2015, I want to say going back to 2013, the winner of the World Rumble has, has been a guy who won it before. So, like 2013, Cena won it. He won it in 08. Uh, 2014, Batista won. He won in 05. Last year, I think it was a Triple H, right? He won in 02. So it's been like a almost like a pattern outside of Roman Reigns that we've seen guys have won their second War Rumble. Where I think you know moving forward, it should be a kind of like a almost like an emphasis to say, all right, let's get somebody who's a newer face in here who hasn't won this before, who hasn't been in this spot before to try to elevate somebody, and they haven't done that in the last couple of years. And then, you know what? I'm going to hit you with a stat where I, I was watching a show earlier um, on Fightful.com with uh, Sean Ross Sapp, and, and, you know, him and his guys gave a, a quick stat where if you look at it, the last three out of the four last Royal Rumble winners were all part of uh, Evolution. <laughs> so, yeah, 2014 Batista, 2015 Reigns, last year Triple H, 
and then Sunday, Randy Orton. I, I don't know if Triple H is really out there on purpose saying, you know what, maybe Evolution, somebody from Evolution should, should win the Rumble as opposed to a new guy. But it, when they put up that stat, I was like, like man, like I, I, I did not notice that. It really, I mean, that don't. I'm not expecting Ric Flair to win next year to fulfill Evolution. But I'm just saying, <laughs> it just kind of like, like you said, somebody a new guy. Uh, Batista was not was definitely not a new guy uh, four years ago. He won it. Reigns, new guy. I get it. That did not turn out well. Triple H last year. I think by default it was Triple H because of all the yeah. injuries with Seth Rollins and Cena and, and everybody else. Yeah. This year, I agree. I'm happy for Orton because he was in the last year and a half. He, creatively, it felt like they did not know what to do with him, and putting him with the Wyatts kind of like a resurgence to, to his character, uh, going back and forth, heel and, 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 and baby. But would it have been more beneficial for Bray Wyatt to win it? I would have, I would have popped for that. I, I, I was going for the Miz. I'm like, Miz been there so long characters, you know, is on fire right now. Let, you know, have the Miz win. If not, if Finn Balor was healthy and, and in it, I was picking Finn Balor, but my thing is we got Randy Orton. I I doubt they do Orton Cena at WrestleMania. I think everybody's feel like Cena might drop the, the title at Chamber to who maybe Bray Wyatt if he's in, if he's in that Chamber match. But right now, do you see Cena Orton for like the twenty fifth time, or do you feel like Cena <laughs> will drop the belt at Chamber and? As a fan, are you happy with that? Because if he wins, well, he he won his 16th championship at the Rumble on Sunday, but do you feel like they'll make him lose it that quick to somebody else at Chamber? I think it could happen. The, the, the only thing is that Chamber is only two weeks from now. Yeah. So do you, you go through all this trouble to give Cena the title back and have it be number 16 just to have him drop it in two weeks? Uh, I'm not outside the realm of possibility, but it's just, it seems unlikely to me. And then if, that, if that's the case, then you got Cena versus Orton again at WrestleMania, which is not, to me, not a, not a match that should be on top of WrestleMania at, at this juncture. If, if you want to do it, you should have did it 10 years ago, not in 2017. It's like when WrestleMania 30, go back to the evolution point, when they, their original plan was for Orton and Batista. And it's like, that's what you're going to do for WrestleMania 30? You, you know, this is the 30th WrestleMania. Instead of spinning it forward somewhat, you kind of rehash this storyline that by that point in 2014 was like 10 years old by that point. And so here we are again, 2017 and it, the possibility of a Cena Orton WrestleMania match. I mean, in, in 08 and 09, big match. Not to me, not in 2017. I know, I know Cena's a big star. Like I said, a big fan of Randy Orton, but to me, there should be an element of spinning something forward and Randy Orton versus John Cena would not be doing that. So it feels like a rerun. And it's nothing against either guy personally, because I, 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 I like both guys. I'm, just, I'm a huge fan of Cena, and I'm definitely a big fan of Randy Orton. But that pairing together just reeks of 2009. And I don't think that that's what you want people to think when you see that on top of your WrestleMania card, maybe for a backlash or no mercy, but not for WrestleMania. Vaughn, my man, I hate to break it to you, but if 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 we're seeing Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, Undertaker in a, in a Royal That's Rumble true. in 2017, 
don't be surprised if you see Cena Orton in 2017. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing about Goldberg and Lesnar. You haven't seen it that many times. So at the very least, you can say, all right, this is a, a matchup that people aren't that familiar with. Plus, Lesnar has the mainstream uh, draw because he's a former UFC heavyweight champion. He's a he's a big star. People, you know, that's different. And Goldberg hasn't been in the ring before Survivor Series since 2004. We've seen how many times have we seen Orton versus Cena? I mean, dozens upon dozens of times. I mean, they, they unified the titles a couple years ago. They had a hell of a summer. I mean, they, they've been all over the place. They last man standing matches, all kinds of stuff. So, all right, so, so my me, thing is... completely different from a, from a Goldberg and Lesnar or Goldberg and Taker, where we haven't seen those guys in the ring. You know, they're all, you know, most of them are over 50. Uh-huh. But we haven't seen those, that pairing in the ring if, if, in at least a year's. So my thing is this: how how would you play it out? You know, how how what scenario would the fans be happy with Cena walking into WrestleMania as champion or not? Randy Orton is going to be fighting for the SmackDown title regardless. AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt in the mix. How how, how would you play it out where the fans are going to be like, you know what? Okay, Randy Orton won the Rumble. But I'm cool with it now because of what they're gonna do. Does AJ get involved? Does Bray get involved? How would you play it out? Uh, I could see. I don't think AJ is gonna be involved. I mean, I, I've I've seen rumors and 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 people and uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, kind of like speculating that you know AJ might be going against Shane McMahon, oh, man. which I guess is a big match in WWE's mind. I mean. I don't know how Shane McMahon. Yeah, hey, I'm not disagreeing with you, <laughs> <laughs> but in WWE's mind, in WWE's mind, if you're working with the McMahon, you're in a big match, and that's, that includes Shane and Stephanie. So, so if, I don't think Bray Wyatt is left out of the title picture. I think that him and his him and Orton are are destined to be in that title picture in some way, even if it's like a triple threat with them two and Cena. Yeah, I, I'm because. I'm trying to figure out, all right, Cena loses at Chamber to Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt gets Randy Orton at, at WrestleMania. Okay, now what do you do with John Cena? What do you do with AJ Styles? Like you say AJ maybe with Shane McMahon. Okay, but what do you do with John Cena if he's not the champion walking into, into WrestleMania? Does he get another title shot? Does he go into a triple threat with Bray and Randy, and then he wins – Title reign number seventeen at WrestleMania, like I don't know. Right, or Cena retains at the chamber, and somehow Bray Wyatt finagles his way until title shot, and mm-hmm. Randy Orton keeps his, something like that. I, you know, it, here's the thing: the good thing is that we don't necessarily know what's going to happen, even though we we sort of have a an outline of what we think might happen with like Cena and Orton, but we don't necessarily know for a fact what's going to happen. So I guess we just have to watch and let us see it play out. Which I'm not really opposed to because it's SmackDown. SmackDown's generally generally been the better show, so I'll I'll sit back and watch what SmackDown does. I kind of have faith in them, more faith in SmackDown than I do, let's say Raw at this point. To, oh yeah, to definitely. Sort of tell a good story and let it play out. Now, regardless regardless of, of who's in the match, does Randy Orton walk out of WrestleMania 33 as champion? If it's one on one against Randy Orton, I think he would. If it's not, I don't think I, if it, if it's not not one on one against Randy Orton. If it's one on one against Bray Wyatt, I think he would be Bray Wyatt, just so they can complete that story of 
Orton and Wyatt for like the last six months going against each other, and he's the babyface in that story, and he finally overcomes the Wyatt family. But if it's not Bray Wyatt, I don't see a reason why Brandy Orton is standing tall with the WWE Championship at the end of WrestleMania or at some point in WrestleMania in 2017. You know, we've been there, done that, in my opinion. It's, it's 20, you know, Randy Orton's first WrestleMania was 2004? Almost 13 years ago. And, and here we are, 2017, thinking about him standing with the title at the end of it again. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's not a good... I mean, WWE, they, it, 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 they're doing a lot of good things, but that one image, is, to me, is not a good look. When you have this guy who's been... A, you know, this isn't like real sports where Tom Brady could be hoisting the Super Bowl trophy again in a matter of days. He's legitimately still the best, one of the best quarterbacks on the planet. There are other guys in WWE that are just as good as Randy Orton who should be in that position by now. But they're just not. And, you know, and, and another thing is WWE can control these outcomes. I'm like, the NFL, they probably would like to have a new face of the league besides Tom Brady. But Tom Brady's so good, that there's nothing they can do about it. WWE can control who is the face of its company, who, who's the leader, who's, who's the, the face behind the brand. But it's still relying on guys who debuted at their first WrestleMania, who had their WrestleMania moment 10, 12, 13 years ago. Now, what did you make of the John Cena AJ Styles match? Fantastic. I really can't even say anything bad about it. I mean, I, I know some people might not like the outcome because Cena won and whatnot, mm. but you can't be mad at AJ Styles losing. He had that like six month title reign or something like that. He, he won it in September. Uh, so September to now is like four or five months, I believe. Yeah, back uh, Yeah, so uh, you can't be mad about that. He, he he was the face of the brand for that that amount of time. Pretty much since he got there, Styles has been the guy on SmackDown Live. Uh, and the match was fantastic. So I, I really have no complaints about it. It, it, it made history. It's a good way to get headlines in the mainstream you know, media that Cena made history winning his 16th title and... And did a make-a-wish right after the match, too, which is kind of crazy. Now, quickly speaking of Royal Rumble, uh, they announced that Royal Rumble 2018 will be in Philadelphia, the home of Roman Reigns' last win, um, and The Rock trying to save his ass. Um, <laughs> I would assume you will be there. Right? And the question, why, why do you think it's so quickly... Um, I know, like SummerSlam is always in, has been in in, uh, in LA and Brooklyn the last couple of years, but you just know it's going to be there. But Rumble quickly going back to Philadelphia uh, within three years. I could say I could say the same thing about WrestleMania going back to New Orleans so quick within four years. Uh, was there any any reason why the Rumble was back in Philadelphia so quick? Uh, both of those situations are similar in that the both cities were really aggressive and trying to land some major events, some major WWE events. And in New Orleans' case, uh, next year was crucial for them because their tricentennial was coming up, you know, the 300th anniversary of the city. So mm -hmm. they're trying to load up on big events. And they had WrestleMania, obviously, a couple of years ago. I was there, and it was a, trust me, it was a really good time because New Orleans is a really fun city. So I have no complaints about New Orleans getting another WrestleMania. Uh, if there's one city I would have no complaints about over Philly, it would be New Orleans. But uh, they did good business down there. And that's one of the bigger events New Orleans has ever done. So they're like, well, we got a tricentennial coming up. Let's make sure we get WrestleMania back here. And for Philly, it's the same thing. You know, they've been aggressive. They they put in bids last couple of years to try to get WrestleMania. 
uh, there have been hurdles and roadblocks, so to speak, in making that happen. But WWE appreciates that uh, determination. So I guess they rewarded them in some respects. And I guess some people might call it a consolation for not getting WrestleMania next year. But, you know, it's definitely, you know, it's like, hey, we appreciate you being dogged in your approach. So we're going to give you something. They're going to give you a WrestleMania with four straight nights with, uh, not WrestleMania, Royal Rumble with four straight nights with NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. So, yeah, it's really just the, the city's um, just, you know, aggressive, aggressive approach in trying to get major WWE events not named WrestleMania, or, or they want WrestleMania, but not named SummerSlam, I should say, because SummerSlam is, is pegged for Brooklyn. So I'm assuming you'll be there next year, right? Oh, of course. I can't let a, a Royal Rumble go by without me being there. I was there in 2015, <laughs> and it was a, a very fun weekend. Ah. Uh, a couple years ago now, because it was almost like a mini WrestleMania. Uh, I've been to a couple of WrestleMania. I'm not sure if you can hear me now. There's a vacuum going on in the background in, in the office here. Now you good. Uh, okay. But, um, you know, I've been to a couple of WrestleManias, and, and the Royal Rumble felt like a mini WrestleMania in some respects. There was a... Uh, we had a lot of events going on. We had Jim Ross shows. We had Ring of Honor. I think Chikara ran a show that weekend. And that was just for one show, one WWE show. You know, so and it was a lot of fun. So I'm definitely going to be uh, at Royal Rumble here in 2018 next year. Uh, when we got NXT and, and we got Raw and SmackDown, it, it should be a pretty busy, busy week. I'm probably not going to sleep the whole weekend. I'm probably not going to sleep from, like, Thursday until, until like, Wednesday because... Of course, we got SmackDown here on Tuesday, too. So there's going to be a lot going on. We're chatting with Vaughn Johnson, writer for Philly.com. Real quickly before we get to to Raw. Um, well, speaking of Raw, Kevin Owens is still the universal champion, um, defeating Reigns and then Braun Strowman interfering in the match. Um, and then, like we said, Reigns goes into the Rumble and, and throws out Undertaker. So now we're trying to figure out, is Reigns going to have a, uh, a thing with Strowman? Or Taker, and then, then last night on Raw, Strowman becomes, I guess, the number one contender for Kevin Owens' championship. He's in the match. Reigns comes out, distracts Strowman, makes him, you know, lose or whatever. So now the dynamic currently is we're looking at maybe Reigns and Strowman at the Fast Lane pay per view in March, um, which leaves the Universal title picture a little wide open. With Kevin Owens not knowing who he'll face. Now, the rumor from yesterday that I, that I saw circling um, uh, yesterday was the plan is the plan is to have Goldberg fight Kevin Owens at Fastlane for the Universal title, win the, win, win the match, and then go on to WrestleMania de- and defend it against Brock Lesnar. And then I think we all would assume that Brock Lesnar would win the title from him. Because we saw Brock issue a challenge to Goldberg later on in the night. So, try to put everything together. Uh, one, do you think that rumor might be true where Goldberg can actually walk into uh, WrestleMania as the Universal Champion and then drop the belt to Brock Lesnar? Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't see... I mean, that would just be weird to me to have Goldberg with a championship... <laughs> heading into a match with Brock Lesnar, no one's probably going to be like a, a two-minute squash because how long is Brock and Goldberg going to be in the ring together? Like seven minutes. <laughs> right, like not even. Like they, were, they weren't they were in the Royal Rumble for more than like three minutes. So 
you know, I, I don't see I don't see the championship being put in that position, especially at the universal title, because it's a new title and you had to establish the significance of it. And I don't think having, you know, Goldberg and Brock out there for, for three minutes, potentially, it's going to help it. You know what I'm saying? So that's, I, I just I don't I don't see that happening too much. Okay, so fast lane, you probably see Reigns and Strowman in a, in a, in a one-on-one match as of right now, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and maybe Reigns is on the taker if if, they, if that stare down at the Royal Rumble means anything besides just a moment. Uh, if it leads to anything further, that's I guess Reigns is on from there to the taker. So you think, as of right now, you think Reigns and Taker is what is on the the card for WrestleMania? I think so. I mean, usually, like I said, they don't do that type of stuff for nothing. It's it's like their form of heavy handed foreshadowing, uh, with like kind of beat you over the head with it. Like, hey, this is going to be something in the future. Look, watch, you know, look, look how they look at each other. Uh, so I would imagine I would, you know. They've, they've done things in the past where it looks like they're foreshadowing something in the future that, and it didn't quite pan out. I remember, I think it was last year with Brock and the, and the Wyatt family where they, the Wyatt family eliminated him from the Rumble and nothing happened. So I could be wrong, but I, I'd be surprised if I was wrong because they, they really put an emphasis on that stare down between Roman and The Undertaker. And I think that's that's a big match. I mean, uh, that, to me, that I'm more intrigued by that than to say, I don't know, who else Roman could face. Uh, I'm definitely intrigued by that, though. I think that's a big match for Roman Reigns, especially especially if they eventually finally pull the trigger on him being a heel because he's not going to get cheered during that entire feud. He's going to get booed the entire time anyway. So, But that's just, that's just how I see it so far. Do you think that they're currently experimenting a possible Roman Reigns heel turn? If they go put him against Undertaker, they should because that's what's going to happen to him. He's going to be the heel. Maybe not in WWE's mind, but in the fans' minds, he will be the heel. So if you, if you want to put him against The Undertaker, you better know he's going to get booed. Point blank. That's, that's, I mean, you don't have to be a, a wrestling genius to know that that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think, you know, first of all, you know, this is not all Roman Reigns' fault. Everybody sent tennis to not like no. him or whatever. He's not doing the booking. He has no say. He could be like, all right, uh, what am I doing? Okay, great. And I think if I think the best option is to, to experiment turning him heel um, or him doing heel-like things. Um, would him going on to WrestleMania and fighting The Undertaker and winning against Taker Make him a big time heel, you damn right, because we have no idea <laughs> how many matches Taker has left. So this this might be it, and maybe it's it's one of those matches where if 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 I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna lose to a, a young star, up and coming, not lose to a already perennial megastar in John Cena, which which is the match I thought we were gonna have with Cena and Taker. Um, but then again, you never know if if he goes into WrestleMania with Reigns. And you know everybody's gonna boo Reigns if he wins, but he can't come out on Raw and act like shit is sweet. Like I'm still the good guy. I'm I'm the guy. I'm whatever. If he acts a little more sarcastic or just tends to not really care about what the fans say, then we got something here. But you can't expect him to go out there, be all smiling and whatever, and he just beat you know 
you know, taker and make him with his second loss, everybody's going to hate him for that. Like Brock Lesnar, he, 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 he broke the streak. Everybody hated him. And he went on to become multiple-time champion and all this other stuff. But with Reigns, uh, I don't know, man. I, I like him. I, I think he's he's improved vastly in the ring, first and foremost. And I guess he just put in this position where no matter what, no matter what he does, people are going to hate him regardless. Right. And like I said, you can't blame Reigns for it. I mean, he's being told to be the top guy. So what is he supposed to say? No. I mean, that's like being a movie and like, oh, you're going to be the star of the movie. You're going to be the hero. You're going to get the good looking girl at the end. And you're going to make a lot of money. And somebody's supposed to turn that down? No. <laughs> so you can't blame him for, you know, being in the position that he's in. But you can blame WWE for not not putting him in the best position to, to help him succeed sometimes. And if they think that going against the Undertaker and potentially beating him is going to make him a top babyface that people are going to love and buy merchandise for, that's just, I mean, to me, that's just silly thinking. If, or just defiant thinking, thinking that you can, you can somehow make that happen. I mean, that's, putting somebody against the Undertaker is already a bit of an uphill battle because you've got years of respect and loyalty to the Undertaker that people aren't going to just forget about. And I don't care if that person's a babyface or a heel. Uh, people are going to side with the Undertaker because they've been watching him on the televisions for the last 25-plus years. So that's already an uphill battle. Then you got somebody who the fans who aren't necessarily with already. And I'm not talking about from like a typical babyface and heel standpoint. People just aren't with Roman Reigns. Not everybody, but some people are. I mean, you saw that video probably on Twitter was it yesterday. It's floating around of all the reactions to Roman Reigns being number 30, I mean... Yeah. You, you don't see that for top baby faces. So, you better believe that, you know, putting him up against somebody like The Undertaker will make him an even bigger heel. <laughs> Especially if he wins. Yeah, I, Like I said, I don't have to be a sidekick or a wrestling genius. I don't have to be the mastermind of pro wrestling to know that. That's some, I think that's, I know that'd be obvious, even people who are casual viewers of, of WWE. Two more quick things I got with you, Vaughn. Um, all right, so so what do we do with the with the universal title picture? Are we gonna just gonna have KO and Jericho go at it, or do you feel like uh, whether Fastlane or WrestleMania, um, I don't think Reigns will be in the picture. Uh, maybe Strowman. Uh, Taker, I doubt it. I think Jericho, I don't know about that rumor about Goldberg winning it and defending it against Brock Lesnar. Because then it's like, all right, what do you do? What do you do with Kevin Owens? Or do you have him fight Jericho in a U.S. title match or just a regular one on one? What do you think going forward for the next three months, the universal title picture with Kevin Owens as champion? I, I, I can foresee a scenario that has. Jericho losing maybe the U.S. title to Sami Zayn, maybe. You know, I think that he's going to get a title shot at some point because of that win he had on Monday. Uh, maybe then from there, moving on to the WWE, to the Universal title, I should say. So maybe it is Jericho versus Owens at WrestleMania for the Universal Championship. Maybe that is what happens. I think, I don't think that'd be a bad thing. Because sometimes it's like, do you really need Undertaker to fight for a championship at this point? Do you really need Lesnar and Goldberg to fight for championships at this point? Even though no. I do like Lesnar with championships, I think it adds credibility credibility to the to the Universal WWE title. 
I think he did that when he won it back in 2014 and in 2015. But, you know, Goldberg and Taker, ah, I just, maybe it's just me. Maybe I could be wrong at some point and I'll look silly in, in a matter of weeks. But to me, I just, I don't see how that, what does that do for Goldberg to win a championship in 2017? I just don't see what it does. It helps Kevin Owens a lot more than it helps Goldberg. Maybe it helps the title. That you know, Gold, a guy like Goldberg is, is a universal champion, but it might look bad upon the rest, everybody else. That a fifty-year-old guy is still good enough to win a championship in twenty seventeen. So you know, it's, it's a double-edged sword from that respect. So I still, I, th- I think Kevin Owens holds on to it until Mania, and, and maybe goes against Jericho, and even beats Jericho. He holds on to it after, until after Mania. But we still got to worry about people like Finn Balor, who hasn't obviously been around since SummerSlam. I would imagine he's coming back at some point before WrestleMania. So maybe he'll play into the universal title picture because obviously it's a title that he never lost. Or maybe they wait until after Mania to debut him. I would imagine that he wants to be on WrestleMania. And if I was WWE, I'd want him on WrestleMania because another guy people want to see. So maybe he plays into that universal title picture as well in some way, shape, or form. I mean, I, I think that would be the smart thing if Finn Balor is healthy and ready to go by WrestleMania because, like you said, he, he's been out since SummerSlam, August. So, you know, if you want to do the math, by the time April comes, what is that, seven, eight months, six months? Um, now, if he's not available, then I guess they have to go with the other route of Jericho. And you know, like you said, 2017 Goldberg being champion, we don't need it. doesn't make sense, but... Maybe he'll bring like that, that special attraction kind of thing. Like when when Brock Lesnar was champion, he wasn't on Raw all the time. He wasn't on every pay per view, um, except for SummerSlam and, and Survivor Series and the Rumble. So even if Goldberg was to become champion, I don't think he'll have it for that long. Him and Lesnar, uh, Lesnar does not need the title. Could it be interesting? Yeah, sure. But again. It, these are two guys that if, if you put the belt on Goldberg in March, he might not be on Raw the next night. He he might not be on the following following Raws or all the uh, the live events. So, I mean, do they make Goldberg? And he's not doing your house. And he's not doing your house shows either. Not doing house shows. He may not do every Raw. So just like Brock Lesnar did in in 2014-15, trying to be a special attraction. But I think Brock is different than Goldberg in that perspective. But, um. I think that match would just be one-on-one without the, the the title. And could we see KO and Jericho? Yeah. But if Finn Balor is healthy, I think that would be, be the way to go. And then you can have Jericho lose the U.S. title to, to Sami Zayn at WrestleMania where everybody's ha- uh, happy. You find out where everybody's going to go. But just don't just do not do shit on, on the fly just to kind of satisfy us on, on a regular Monday, then it's like, all right, so what are you going to do for, for, for Chamber and Fastlane and WrestleMania where it don't all make sense? So to me, I, I'm i a big KO fan. I think he should walk into WrestleMania as champion. I felt the same way about AJ Styles. He should have walked into WrestleMania as champion. He's not. Uh, you never know. He might win at Chamber if he's in that match. But um, I think what they got good going for them is that, and I, I've said it before, they got a lot of guys healthy compared to last year. WrestleMania 32 was not your normal great pay-per-view. I think we all can agree with that. So, no, 33. It was not. Yeah, 33 has the potential to be to be great. 
with a very deep roster with the NXT people. Everybody's healthy. Your Ordens, your Cenas, your Seth Rollins. Um, you know, Cesaro was not there last year, so everybody's gonna be there. And I think it's it's how do you how do you kind of put everybody so that everybody's on the card? And me mentioning Seth Rollins, my last question to you is he's gonna get Triple H at WrestleMania. And the big thing that the big thing that happened on Raw last night was the appearance of Samoa Joe. And now everybody wanted Joe at the Rumble. He wasn't there, but you get him on Raw in a kind of weak crowd. That's not his fault. Um, so now he's involved. What do you think they do with Seth and Samoa Joe? Or do you think Samoa Joe is just like this little, no pun intended, roadblock before Seth gets to Triple H at WrestleMania? Uh, I could definitely see that happening. I think even though that's, it would make sense from a storyline standpoint, uh I don't know how much it does for Samoa Joe. I guess he could easily bounce back from that in some way and uh, get going after that potential loss to Seth Rollins, right? Because you would imagine that if he goes against Seth Rollins, in order for Rollins to get the Triple H, Rollins has to win or do something that topples Samoa Joe. Maybe not even pin the guy, but maybe do something to where he can you know, say, hey, you know, I'm ready for Triple H now. I want Triple H. If they even go that route. Uh, but I'm happy to see some more Joe on Raw, man. It's the guy they need. They need a guy who's like a legit, you know, feels like a legit badass. You know, I, I wouldn't mess with Samoa Joe. I don't know about anybody else, but I wouldn't mess with him. And it's not like he's big and he's he looks mean and he's rugged, but he doesn't have the experience like a Braun Strowman. He doesn't have the experience. He, he's not necessarily the most polished guy. You know, I like Braun Strowman. Uh, I think he's doing very well in the role that he's been he's been given. But Samoa Joe's got everything. He's got the star power. He's got the names. He's got the experience. He's got the, he's got the ability. The guy's going to be money. Uh, to me, that I don't know how you could even mess mess that up. Uh, so they need a guy like him on Raw. And they need a, just a breath of fresh air, too. Like, they, we've been seeing the same stuff for months and months with this Roman Reigns, Chris Jericho, uh, Kevin Owens, and even Seth Rollins at certain point stuff. So to have Samoa Joe on Raw, is, to me, is, is, is big. I know some people I've, I've already interacted with people who said he should be on SmackDown. I'm like, come on, can you at least be happy he's on somewhere? Like, he's on the main roster. And if he was on SmackDown, you'd probably be complaining that he's not on Raw because Raw is the main show. Vaughn, you know you know, fans are never happy, man. You, you know, uh, apparently. Samoa Joe was on Raw last night and part said, oh, but why wasn't he at the Rumble? Like, dude, people. Samoa Joe finally showed up. Raw, SmackDown, whatever. He's on the main roster now. What happens? We don't know. But I mean, you can't. And he had a much bigger want. impact on Raw than he could have ever had to do a Rumble outside of winning the Royal Rumble. If he wasn't going to win, there's no point in him being there. Yeah, and, and then it's like, oh, but yeah, he's on Raw, but he just like Triple H is lackey. I'm like, man, not as lackey. It's a hired gun. <laughs> Since when has Triple H got anybody else to do to fight for him? Uh, no matter fight what, for specifically him. That means this guy must be a badass. Vaughn, no matter what, man, people are just gonna always have that little thing. Yeah, but like, like Paul Heyman said, yeah, but like <laughs> you, you, you finally get Samoa Joe on a call up. Yeah, he was not at the Rumble. Great. Okay, fine. Now it's like just just be happy that. There's going to be a potential future program with him, with a Seth Rollins or Triple H going forward. Like Samoa Joe may turn on Triple H. We have no idea. 
I, I, I don't know how it's going to play out. But like you said, a breath of fresh air to Raw because it has been stale with your Seth, your KO, your Jericho's, your Reigns, your Mick Foley and Stephanie always opening up and, and always on like every other segment on Raw. It's the same thing as compared to SmackDown. I think SmackDown has the edge because it, it's not three hours. But somehow, some way, they do a whole bunch of shit different. And I get, and I guarantee you, <laughs> if you if you see it tonight, you might you I, I you might see Cena open up about him winning the championship. You might see AJ, but then like you're not gonna see Shane McMahon all the time. You're not gonna see Daniel Bryan all the time. You won't just see that. You if you do, you see them once a show. And if you see Daniel Bryan, he's on Talking Smack. Shane McMahon may not may not even be there for a few weeks, so they don't have to rely on its uh, the uh, authoritative figures to hold down the show, which I think that's why it makes SmackDown more more watchable, and more compelling. But Joe on Raw, breath of fresh air. They did. I can't believe I'm saying it, but they needed new, fresher talent. They do have new talent, but. Just somebody that can be pushed into the title picture, something different, new storylines, new something, and I'm glad he's on there, uh, on the main roster, and I'm glad he's on Raw. Yeah, and right, rightly or wrongly, I mean, sure, people love SmackDown, and it's been a better show, I think, consistently since the brand extension started last summer, but Raw is always going to be the flagship, and you may not agree with that. You may think they should be on equal footing, but it's not going to be the case. Raw is three hours. They're getting... You know, JBL said on that bring it to the table thing that, you know, they're getting so much money from that third hour of Raw. Yeah. So Raw is always going to be the priority. And it, like I said, it's three hours. It's, it's it's the show that has been around longer than any other show in television history, apparently, according to Michael Cole every week. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's Vince's quote-unquote baby. And, and so it's always going to be the show that gets a little more emphasis than SmackDown even though SmackDown has been a really good show and probably deserves a little more attention, but it's just not going to be that show. It's always going to be, right, again, rightly or wrongly, seen or in WWE's eyes as the quote-unquote B show. Even though it has John Cena, ain't nothing B or minor league about John Cena. But the emphasis is always going to be put more on, on Raw. It has a deeper roster because it has more time to fill. It's always going to have more people on it. And it's always going to have you always look at SmackDown and say, man, they, they, they don't have quite enough depth. Well, that's just how it's going to be because it's only a two-hour show. Yeah, man. I, I, I've said it. I, I'm more of a SmackDown fan. Maybe one day down the road, I'll be a more fan of, of, of Monday Night Raw, but they just do a lot, of di- a lot of different things, and I don't know if they have the same writers or different, but it sure as hell I think different. they're different writing teams. Obviously, Vince is still calling the shots, I would imagine. But I think there are different writing teams. I don't know if this is for certain, but I think the guy who used to write for NXT is running SmackDown now. And wow. it, I'm not really surprised because SmackDown, in some respects, feels like where NXT. It feels like it has some hallmarks of NXT. We don't see people exposed every week. Things are told a little more at a. They don't really waste segments, and it's a little more deliberate, but yet slower, slower burn. Uh, when Raw, you can tell they just they just. Don't want segments out there just to fill time. You know, it means nothing. Everything means something on SmackDown, which which I appreciate. Don't waste my two hours, please. Speaking of SmackDown, um, I'll, I'll let you go to enjoy SmackDown coming up tonight. Uh, before I do, let the fans know where they can find your work on Philly.com, on social media, Twitter, your handle, all that good stuff. Well, 
on Twitter, I am at Vaughn M. Johnson. Uh, you can find all my work and all my uh, humorous musings on there. I try to be funny, at least. I don't know if people actually think I'm funny, but I think I am. <laughs> that's all that matters to me. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter can be a rough uh, place, man. Twitter can be a rough, rough crowd. Oh, it definitely can. Uh, but, you know, I try to keep it light on there and try to keep it cool. It, it, there are obviously some people out there who deserve to get the SmackDown laid on them, but I keep that to a minimum. You know, you can't lay the SmackDown every day. But um, Square Circle blog on Philly.com. You can find all my work. Uh, Raw, SmackDown recaps, NXT recaps. Uh, I do throwback Thursdays every week. I was doing a Royal Rumble series in January. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do for this month, if I'm even going to make it a theme. I might just make it random shows again. But I definitely did a, 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 a Royal Rumble month for us a Throwback Thursday. So you can check those out. I had interviews this past weekend with Corey Graves. Uh, did the uh, the Royal Rumble. Broke that news with the Royal Rumble being a Philly next year. Nice. Uh, trip, Triple H's conference call from last week. So you can check those out if you hadn't read those yet. On other sites, check them out on philly.com. And um, I have a podcast of my own on Wildfire Radio which I've been meaning to get Randy on. I don't know why it's been taking so long. We just, we've had so many things going on on our show that uh-huh. it's like, oh, yeah, damn it. I forgot Randy again this week. I, I've been definitely, trust me, Randy, I've been thinking about him, definitely trying to get you on, maybe this week, because we don't have like a Jim Ross coming on this week. So if, you, if you're down Friday at 6 o'clock, we'd, lo- we'd love to have you on on Wildfire Radio on the Straight Shooters, myself and Nick McCone, so we can talk more about some uh, wrestling on the airwaves. And um, So, yeah, you can check that out. Like I said, wildfireradio.com. Uh, myself and Nick McCone. Uh, we're on iTunes, of course, we're on Stitcher and stuff like that. So check us out, The Straight Shooters on Wildfire Radio. And I think that's all my plugs. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Well, man, just uh, let me know about Friday. If I if I can do it, you know I'll be there. Um, again, at Vaughn M. Johnson. No relation to former Intercontinental Champion Ahmed Johnson, right? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> um. At Vaughn I really, M. Yeah. I'm, I'm not still enough to eliminate myself from the Royal Rumble <laughs> and come back out later with like a, a huge two by four, like Ahmed Johnson did in '97. And you're not wearing like which 40, we like. Yeah, you're not wearing no. like 40 knee pads and and, and elbow pads either. <laughs> not on my thighs. No, 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 no. But we did live commentate that on Straight Shooters recently. Uh, that was I think two weeks ago. So you can check that out because that was a hell of a good time. Even though that Rumble was terrible. Worse than, worse than, you know, this past year's uh, 2017 Rumble by far, 97 Rumble, was not a fun watch, but it was funny to watch people like Ahmed Johnson and Bill Maskers make fools of themselves by eliminating themselves. At Vaughn M. Johnson, writer for Philly.com. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Th- thank you. All right, man. Take it easy. Uh, you too, man. All right. Before we end the show today, I want to give a big-time shout-out to the people at Homage.com. They are officially on the road to WrestleMania. What that is, nine weeks, nine T-shirts, nine epic moments. Yes, it is a showcase of the Immortals, the grandest stage in sports entertainment, WrestleMania. What they're doing every Monday over the next nine weeks, they will introduce a new T-shirt commemorating the matches, the wrestlers, and the memories of the greatest spectacle in sports entertainment, WrestleMania. From the Savage Steamboat Classic to a boyhood dream coming true, they've curated a collection of their favorite mania moments. Log on to homage.com and find out which epic moments they chose.